Well, hello there, and welcome back to our kitchen table. Hello. And episode 57 of So Talk to Me. 57. We made it. 57 episodes. We made it to 57. If you're joining us for the first time, which I don't know why you would be, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) Welcome. I'm Josh, and I have with me here tonight my lovely wife, Samantha. Hello. I am indeed your lovely wife. Mm -hmm. And no one else. It's just us two. We're just going to (laughs) talk at each other. It's always just us two. Hopefully. Unless one of our kids just pop out of nowhere. That's true. That's true. Which happens sometimes. Yeah, it is. That is kind of funny, actually, now that you mention it. I mean, I know we've talked about guests before, but it's funny that we've been doing this for over a year and have not yet gotten any guests. Because that's because we're incredibly unorganized yeah, and that's part of it. Rarely actually plan out our episodes beforehand. Well, and it's also because like we do this after our kids go to bed, and who knows when our kids are going to go to bed. So um, yeah, it's kind of difficult to have someone over and do it, mm-hmm. or just like have someone waiting on Skype until we start up. True. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, I'm sure it'll be. It could. It could be possible, though. It's we could make it happen. Anything. It could happen. Hey, it could happen. Do you remember those old McDonald's commercials? That Maybe. was their tagline. Hey, it could happen. That's a weird tagline. Yeah. It is weird <laughs> for, like, selling hamburgers. But anyways, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, man, the things that you remember from your childhood. Th- those commercials were probably on while I was watching Muppet Babies. <laughs> So, you know, way back in the day. Oh, the nostalgia. Us old people. Man, I am very, what's the word? Not gullible, but like, nostalgia just gets me. Susceptible. Susceptible, there you go. I am very susceptible to nostalgia. Oh, I know. (laughs) That's why you listen to 90s music on Pandora. And it's awesome. No, it's not. That's not the reason, actually. It's not because it's awesome. It's very much it's the opposite. It's awesome to me. Because of yeah. nostalgia. Because of subjective goggles. tastes. Yeah. But yeah. So, how's your week been? Um, Since the last time that we recorded. It feels like it's been forever. It does feel like it's been a long time. It's just been one extra yeah, day because we recorded early last week. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Feels like it's been two weeks. <laughs> Can't even remember talking to you guys. How dramatic. Um, so yeah. how's your eight days been? It's been good. Um, Can't think of anything really spectacular that has happened but it's oh yeah not that much no not really been pretty chill i'm just kidding (laughs) it's not like some of our best friends just had a child no nothing nothing spectacular has happened um particularly to us in our lives but there have been a lot of uh, awesome things happening around us yeah like some friends of ours just uh Started fostering to adopt this amazing little three-month-old baby girl. She's so, so precious. Oh, my goodness. Little. Oh, wait. Are we allowed to say her name? I think so. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't know how the or rules with that. Uh-oh. Maybe I'll just bleep it out. Okay. <laughs> um, but, just be safe. And then we found out that um, Andrew and Rebecca are having a... Well, I don't know if 
they want to reveal that to everyone else yet. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say anything. Dang it! Edit it out in post. We found the found out the gender of our of my older brother's child. Yes. Third child. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. And what else? We are assigning a gender to the child. The doctor did. Oh my goodness gracious! Uh, Let's not get into that, please. <laughs> oh man. Um. What else? But Let's... Rebecca can just say my body, my choice. She can assign the gender. Okay, let's just just end that. That's <laughs> enough. Hey. But yeah, those were the big awesome things this week. And yep. a big not awesome thing lately <clears throat> has been our car. Yeah, not awesome. It's just being a car. It happens. Yeah, so we found a crack things in the radiator. Break. So that's fun. I'm going to try my hand at fixing it tomorrow. Hopefully it doesn't explode. Man. Um, thank you, YouTube, for showing me. <laughs> YouTube is good for Let's so see. many things. Let's see what happens. And so bad for so many things. Yeah, Anyways. Probably. But <laughs> hopefully in this case, it's the good, not the bad. We'll see. Um, so yeah, replacing a radiator, that's going to be fun. Um, also found a leak in the roof this week. Oh, yeah. Which is also fun. Um, no, it actually wasn't that big of a deal. Like it freaked me out. Definitely. Cause our noof was noof. Jeez. Our noof. Our roof was noof. Our noof. Our noof is on fire. (laughs) When we, uh, when we moved into this house, our roof was new. So, um, I was like, it can't be like given out on us, can it? But no, it was, it was like the, it was like the corner where it meets, it wasn't really the roof. Sort of a window area. Yeah. It was like the siding of the house. Right. It's just deteriorating and so it needed to be resealed. So it didn't it, it doesn't really seem like it's that big of a deal. It just sucks that, you know, we got brown patch on our ceiling now. Whatever. Yay. So Yeah, we've we've been dealing just with adds some more character, right? Adulting issues this past week, which is always fun to say my roof is leaking and my adulting. radiator is cracked coolant is leaking everywhere that's literally everywhere everywhere just spraying it in your face (laughs) i mean i guess if the car's still running and you open the hood it would but the hood the hood does a really good job of keeping it all inside i guess that's what it's for (laughs) (laughs) yeah Anyways, we're so smart, you guys. We know Wiesno's cars. Yeah, the roof of the car, the hood of the car. <laughs> the roof is leaking on the car when the hood is in. <laughs> yeah, man. A so little it's reference a, to, what's his name? Uh, Brian Regan. Yeah. Brian Regan. Funny guy. So, yeah. How's your week? Oh, well, that those are actually the, t- the two things that I was going to talk about. Oh, wow. Um, okay, my week cool. Has been, Enough about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, my week's been good because, uh, I mean, that, that stuff popped up over kind of last weekend. The car issue uh, was last weekend, and then the roof was kind of early this week. Um, but this week, I finished up my class, which is Woo-hoo. cool. So I've had a couple days off, and it's been really nice. I think all the materials for the next class kind of technically, I get access to it tomorrow. So I'll probably start working on it tomorrow um but it's been real nice not uh not feeling pressure to get stuff done every evening and 
being able to kind of wake up early and do my thing or sleep in like I did this morning, which was crazy. We're woken up by it's Ollie. It's not crazy to sleep it is, in. It is, it is very crazy, actually. No, it's not. So, <laughs> yeah, that's my week. It's been good. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. Got any other small talking topics? No. No. None at all. <laughs> None at all. So, talk to me. What's been floating around your brain lately? Um, what kind of stuff? I know uh, you told me earlier this week that you started listening to the Ben Shapiro show. Uh, I've infected if you. I started listening, I just listened to one episode. Okay, so. there you go. Um, I'm just surprised. I, I, yeah, you're not yeah, usually one to listen to news. I'm not sure if I'm going to listen to him very often. Cool. Does he put out an episode every day? Every weekday. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Except okay. during Jewish holidays, which there have been a bunch lately. So he's taken off some time because he's like a devout. Jew. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Wears his yarmulke everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know much about Judaism. Yeah, he's an Orthodox Jew. Um, but no, I haven't listened to much of him. And the one episode that I did listen to, like, I don't know, like, I agree with him for the most part politically, but I'm not a big fan of the way he communicates his views. Gotcha. Uh, but facts don't care about your feelings. So he makes that very clear matter. that he doesn't care about anyone's feelings. Right. No, it's so true. Um, yeah, he can be a bit belligerent. Yeah. Uh, and that's not really my shindig, so. Yeah, but, that makes sense. Yeah, um, what else? Heard there was some drama for your mamas on Facebook. Oh, <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, I mean, go figure. Mama drama? Drama happening in a Facebook group oh, that's man. only women. <laughs> what? <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> but anyways yeah i got into a debate about pedo communion that was fun dang so today's topic (laughs) i'm just kidding no pedo communion no but it it was actually really beneficial because it really made me think more about communion nice and really actually solidified my view even more so it's sweet that's cool yeah I w- in a group that I'm a part of that doesn't even have to do with, well, in, in, anyway, sorry. Um, there was someone who asked, who just put it out there, credo or pedo and why? And so by the time that I saw it, it probably had, you know, 50 comments or whatever. And I just commented. Only 50? Something like that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Usually those topics have like hundreds of comments yeah, on Yeah, <laughs> well, I guess it depends on the group. This group in particular is pretty chill. Um, so I, I, I just commented cause you know, I didn't want to get into it with anyone. I just commented only in a Christian group. Will you see people proudly calling themselves pedos? <laughs> oh my goodness. What, what That's kind of reactions did you get to that? No, I actually only had one, one of my buddies, um, <laughs> He liked it and he commented <laughs> on it. 
And he was like, just make sure that you really pronounce that, uh, that, what is it called? The long A in Pedo. Because if you miss that, people are really going to not understand you. So. Well, actually, across the pond, don't they pronounce it that way? Uh, no, across the pond, it would be Pedo. Oh, that's right. Pita. <clears throat> pedophile. Pedophile. A pedophile. Sorry, that's a reference to the IT crowd. <laughs> um, totally, totally different. Um, sorry for my crass joke, everyone. <laughs> I just wanted to make a joke about it because, you know, I it, again, I, I didn't really want to. Facebook, um, you can get some good information, but often questions like that will just end up in a bunch of like Yeah, hot button topics like that really don't people don't debate well over social media yeah yeah it's not necessarily what it's made for uh again that said some people can like present a lot of good argumentation and a lot of good information that will um allow you to kind of like search it out on your own and see perspectives that you didn't know like different sides of the issue that you didn't know before so i'm not Mm -hmm. saying it's bad i'm not saying it's all bad um, I'm just saying like people can often be pretty aggressive. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to just like plus hit the big diffuse button. Yeah. Make a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Should have just put a GIF in there too. Um, <laughs> that's my go-to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So I, I it also, like I said, the group is really chill. And so I knew that people wouldn't fly off the handle for me making a, a dumb joke like that. I just think it's funny. Um, we were talking, <laughs> what, a couple weeks ago, and, and you had used the term pedo as well. And I'm like, is that okay? To just, like, and, and you're just like, uh, yeah, people say it all the time. I'm just like, that's so weird. Like, I've read it. I've read it hundreds of times because I'm part of, you know, Christian Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. But, like, hearing it out loud, I'm a pedo. <laughs> just, um... <laughs> I don't know. It just might want to finish that word out. Doesn't, yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel right. I don't know. I'm just gonna say you don't have that problem with saying credo exactly, and that's why you should change your mind. Uh, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. I just think it's funny. That's all. But okay, so on to the uh, non. Pedo. So you were talking about pedo communion. Yeah. Actually. So that's interesting. That is not usually what people mean when they say pedo. No. They usually um, mean uh, In Christian pedo. groups. Yeah. They usually mean <laughs> pedo Baptist. Baptist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Means dunking your kids or sprinkling your kids or whatever. I guess it's sprinkling. Usually, yeah. It's usually sprinkling, mm-hmm. isn't it? You don't usually dunk kids. No. You sprinkle them. Although, well, this would be infants mostly. Right. Don't infants have a reflex to hold their breath underwater? Yes. Okay. Okay. It took you a little a second and I'm like, oh no, did I just totally make that up? Am I no, it's just true. lying to myself? I mean, it would depend on how old the baby was, mm-hmm. but generally with um, pedo-baptists, they... They sprinkle. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I well, was going and they, off on they, a tangent. They baptize their babies pretty early on. Right. Yeah. I mean, because wasn't uh, what uh, traditional circumcision was what, eight days after mm-hmm. the birth? 
So is that what they try and do? Eight days? I, I don't know. I don't know. Just the whole. Sorry. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm already starting to pick on. I don't. I don't Baptist. think I'm sorry. that's a. I'm sorry. I don't think a that's thing. a general rule. No. It's not a thing. But, anyways, so pedo communion though. That's mm-hmm. that's very interesting. Caused a lot of drama. Yes. Uh, that that topic. No, no. There was just there was a lot of drama before that happened, and then. That got thrown in the mix. Yes. In the melting pot. Yeah, that kind of cool. got, well, FV got thrown in the mix. Gotcha. And then someone asked a question about FV, and I brought up Pato Communion out of that. Gotcha. And then the debate started about Pato Communion. Gotcha. So what is FV? Federal Vision. Federal Vision. but And that somehow correlates to Pato Communion? Uh, Pato Communion is practiced within Federal Vision, yes. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Anyways, I didn't mean to, um, I, I realize we're going down this this path. This is not an mean... episode on Federal Vision. No, okay. oh gosh, I don't know how we do, well, first of all, you would do the entire episode. Uh, I would just be like, hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, oh, hmm, um, because you're the one who's looked into it. I have not looked into it at all. It seems very confusing. It is um, very confusing. It's a hot mess. <laughs> but also, I, d- I didn't mean to... I know this is a this is a closed group that you're part of. I didn't mean to, like, drag out everything and, and make Well, no, it, I'm not going to mention any names yeah. or anything specific yeah. that happened. Just, yeah. Just that certain groups, there have been drama. Yeah, yes. I just wanted to bring it up because we've talked about it. Mm-hmm outside of the podcast so i'm thinking of things over the past week that have happened that's all yep so but yeah. i mean we can post some resources if i don't know if we want to oh, post yeah. any resources about fe if you're yeah. interested in federal <laughs> vision um, you should not be interested in federal vision i'll just say that right these now really sweet glasses <laughs> if only <laughs> sorry that was dumb Government-sponsored glasses. <laughs> uh, anyways, jeez, my jokes tonight are... Ugh. I think they're funny. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm glad. You make me feel better about like how really dumb my jokes are. I but, guess I just like dumb jokes. Yay. <laughs> and that's why we're married. Find you someone who loves dumb jokes. <laughs> then you don't have to be smart. that's my rule of thumb or funny (laughs) or funny (laughs) you can just say things and they'll laugh Uh, okay (laughs) oh man so has there been anything else brewing Mm, the past week no not that i can think of yeah i've actually just started back up listening to all of my normal podcast because I hadn't listened to them for a while. Cool. Yep. Yeah. And it seems like everything, at least politically, has calmed down ever since the vote for Kavanaugh. Yeah, it's died down a little bit. Yeah. But. There's always, there's always stuff going on. Yeah. (laughs) Always people accusing other people of things. (laughs) But, well, it just, again, like, because I'm out of school for the next day (laughs) until tomorrow um it's just felt it's just felt pretty chill it's like oh everything has calmed down 
Like there's some residual stuff, sure, politically, but like there's no more huge thing that, I, I don't know, you know, the whole Kavanaugh thing blew up. And, and like when I brought it up on the podcast, I totally did not think it was going to be as big as it was. Like I, I didn't know it was, it was like on news stations and stuff like that. I had just heard about it through, you know, podcasts and Ben Shapiro and stuff yeah. like that. And then it seemed like right after we brought it up, at least it felt like to me, right after we brought it up, it went. Everyone was talking about it all the time, like my Twitter feed and all that stuff. And I'm just like, oh, shoot, maybe we shouldn't have talked about that because <laughs> I didn't mean to just throw stuff out there. It was just, you know, what was on my mind. But anyway, and that's why we've shied away from talking about it anymore, too, because, I mean, it was a complex. Well, we already said our piece. Right, exactly, too, yeah. exactly. So it's like, even though the whole world was talking about it, and it was definitely something that I was thinking about, like, yeah, we kind of already um, established where we stand. So, anyways, all that to say yeah. is it's just felt really chill the past couple of days, and I like it outside of this whole, like, car thing, but, you know. I have seen a video going around that, well, that the left is passing around. It's like, I guess it's footage after Kavanaugh got voted in, mm-hmm. and... It's like him and his family and Donald Trump. And it's like, it, it's like close up footage of mm-hmm. like Kavanaugh and his family and Donald Trump. And it's just like showing them like, there's really like, you can't s- hear what any of them are saying. Like you can just see them like shaking hands with people and like, mm-hmm. you know, smiling and whatnot. But like the title of it was like, <laughs> Uh, I don't know Kavanaugh's wife's name, but it was like, Oh, I'm not sure. Uh, it's like, look at her face. She can't stand it when her husband touches her. She knows he's guilty or something like that. <laughs> and it was just like, I'm like watching this video and like, she doesn't look like she's disgusted with her <laughs> husband. I mean, anyone put in a situation of like what they've just been through and, like having to still I can't imagine the amount of sleep they've lost recently and having to like be up there and like smile 24 seven for cameras and everything. I'm like, that woman looks tired. She doesn't look (laughs) disgusted with her husband. And she had to shake hands with Donald Trump. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But like, I'm just like, wow, you guys are like, really scraping at the bottom of the barrel right now like this yeah. is really dumb well i mean kavanaugh's wife is a gender traitor so <laughs> i can't even say it with a straight face oh my gosh some of the stuff that i've read is crazy it's crazy they're crazy people out there guys. yes there are anyways but that's not what this episode is about craziness <laughs> I, I have no segue dang it i can't i can't go into it um, no, speaking sp- of craziness, speaking of craziness, <laughs> let's talk about reformed theology. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. No, um, after, you know, 57 episodes, we've, we've mentioned reformed. We've said that tons of times. I don't think we've ever like kind of spelled out what we mean by being reformed. Right. Right. Cause we've said, I've, I've said multiple times, like little R reformed. We consider ourselves reformed. 
Um, so I wanted to kind of just give a basic overview of my understanding of what it means to be reformed. Mm. Um, and, and the reason I say little are reformed is that a bunch of people I'm sure would not consider me reformed. Okay. I work at an evangelical free church. Okay. <laughs> and we're credo. So. Right. Right. Yeah. That's another thing. Even though there's a, there's a denomination that's reformed Baptist. No, that's an oxymoron. You can't be reformed in Baptist because you have to be a pedo to be reformed. Um, so if you take the stance of like big R reformed, um, that, that, that's so that, that's what I affectionately term big R and little R is like big R is like, no, these are the hard lines. And as soon as you cross over this line, you are no longer reformed. You don't, don't ever hold use that to word. the Westminster confession. Right. You are not reformed. Right. Don't ever use that word. Um, and I get it. I get it. Like, okay, uh, people are co-opting that word who have no place even using it. Mm -hmm. I get it. Okay. There's, there's the whole, um, and I would probably be a part of this wave of new, uh, Calvinists. The, the, anyways, I guess not I new guess Calvinism, talking. but new, a new Calvinist. Well, no, no, no. That's what I mean is new Calvinism. Someone who's come in through the wave of new Calvinism you know, like young, restless, reformed kind of. Oh, okay. That's that whole Mark Driscoll, John Piper got big around the same time. It seemed like, you know, just just that wave of like popular, with kind of like the young millennial hipster Christians of like really getting serious about the faith and and coming to learn about Calvinism, right? And I mean, yeah, I would be I would be right there in that group although i learned about it from some other places like i learned about it from friends mm -hmm. in college and from my dad as mm -hmm. well um but then when i kind of embraced it was through the teachings of other of other people so um anyway so i get why you would want to safeguard the word reformed um so e even though even though i poke fun at some of my older brothers. And when you faith. say reformed, where does that word come from? So it comes from the Reformation, right? So reforming Christianity. So, I mean, there's a Protestant Reformation is mm -hmm. what it's called. So, right. so Protestantism, um, those that protested against Rome and right. broke away from the Roman Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. And um, so, that, so that's another part of it because then we can talk about kind of the five solas which are the five um, like distinctives of that Protestant Reformation and holding to five things in particular that were um, that divided them from the Roman Catholic Church, mm -hmm. right? And I don't know them all off the top of my head. I'm sure you do. So there's and and they're called solas. These are Latin words. Sola fide. Sola fide. Uh, Solus Christus. Yeah. A sola gratia. Gratia. Uh, sola scriptura, scriptura and sola so, deo gloria. There you go, there you go. So, um, <clears throat> gosh, <laughs> just a quick overview. So, we are saved by faith alone, uh, through grace alone. Yes. Okay. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure I got these in the right order. Okay. Because <laughs> I think we said them in a wrong order before. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, we're saved by uh, faith alone, through grace alone, in Christ alone, and we know this by scripture alone, and it's all for the glory of God alone. There you go. There you go. 
so it's a basic overview of the five solas. These are the things, yeah, that we as as Protestant uh, Christians uh, kind of affirm and, and why we broke away from the Roman Catholic Church. Um, so that's why it's called Reformed, but it is... Um, I, I think it has a lot to do with a focus on scripture. I mean, obviously there are those five solas, but sola scriptura, the, the, I mean, the reason that they're called solas like alone um, kind of emphasizes each one, but scripture alone is what teaches us how to, w- what we know about our faith, mm-hmm. you know, what God has said. And, and a big emphasis on that. Uh, the reason that that was emphasized is simply because like at that time, the Roman Catholic church, held it was bibles were expensive right books were expensive Mm -hmm. and they were read in like um latin you know in other languages the church didn't want the regular kind of attendees of their of their congregation the congregants to have their own copy of the scriptures because only rome could interpret it and that goes back to the whole the whole pope thing because only rome could interpret it infallibly so even though we know, I mean, like nowadays, we can say like there are plenty of wrong interpretations of the Bible, mm-hmm. right? And Rome would say, well, that's because you guys let out the Bible. Like it was supposed to only be interpreted by, you know, the the leaders of the church, which Whom we are deny. fallible. Yeah. Well, well, we would say that. They would say, no, the Pope is infallible, even though there have been popes that disagree with each Blasphemy. other. Blasphemy. Yeah. So there's that whole thing. Um Anyways, so that's the end of this history lesson, um, <laughs> because that that yeah. So the the five souls are are definitely important, and I think we could even if we wanted to do like we, we had talked offline about possibly doing a series on the five solas um, or something like that. Like, Since it's October, oh, that's a good point. Oh, we missed it though. <laughs> it's already like almost the second week in October. Yeah. Um, but so the yeah the. Everything we're going to be talking about today, um, I didn't necessarily want to go super deep on each topic. Um, I just wanted to give kind of an overview of what I understand being reformed is, and kind from of a the Baptist pers- yeah, from a Reformed Baptist perspective, yeah. right? Or even from my personal perspective, right? So that said, I could be wrong, you know, and and feel free to reach out to us. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know how wrong we are um, about this, and that's okay. But again, I am I'm kind of chill about this, guys. Like I said, th- you know, I, I have this distinctive. I consider myself little R reformed, so I'm kind of wishy washy on some of these things. In that, I'm not, you know, I I don't draw hard lines and say, oh, well, you know, you're not within my reform circle. You're not really reform things like that. So feel free to tell me that I'm wrong. Mm. Um, I'll just say you might have a hard time convincing me, but I'm, o- I'm open to hearing other perspectives. Just. Yeah. So the five solas and what else yeah. is within reformed? Well, yeah. So the five solas are, are, are definitely re- important. And I think, yeah, that's, that's kind of in the background, but the way that I've always um, understood. Well, that would be like the foundation, right? Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, the reason I say background is just because like, um, yeah, it, it's certainly part of it, and and you certainly do have to subscribe to, to those five solas to be reformed. Yeah, um, but the three distinctives that I've 
heard of and the way that I've categorized it in my mind. So again, I could be wrong on this are three C's um, to be truly reformed. Okay. The first C is to be Calvinistic. Okay. And so uh, this is actually where like my entrance into reformed theology was purely through Calvinism Mm -hmm. like that. I thought Calvinism and reformed, like I thought those were synonymous those are the same thing. Like, so long as you are a Calvinist or, or believe in the five points of Calvinism. Right. Then when we reformed. say Calvinist, we don't mean that we follow Calvin. That's not what being a right. Calvinist means. Uh, I mean, there are those crazies out there that might say that, that they do follow Calvin, but uh, that's not us. <laughs> that's not that's, the general. <laughs> and that's anti-biblical. Right. Exactly. Yeah. When, if someone tells you that they're a Calvinist, they don't mean that they follow Calvin. They mean that they hold to the doctrines of grace. Yes, exactly. So um, the reason the reason it's called Calvinism is because of this guy, John Calvin. So he wrote a systematic theology that um, has been... Gosh, I was going to say foundational. I don't want to overemphasize it, but throughout like church history <laughs> there have only been a handful of people who truly like their works kind of stand well that's not true there have been more than a handful but I- i'm thinking of like some some kind of like pillars and maybe that's not even the right word but just like giants of the, the faith. reformers um, well reformers i'm even thinking of like saint augustine right yeah um like his works have been you know lauded throughout church history Mm -hmm. as well anyways all that to say is that john calvin um and he was a young guy he wrote a systematic theology so um that there's just a series of books and that was his magnum opus right Mm -hmm. there's a systematic theology a series of books about um what the theology of scripture so that's taking different concepts and pulling those concepts from all across like everything the scripture has to say on these specific topics. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, so things like sin, (laughs) you know, things like understanding, um, the, the work of Christ and, and, um, the offices of Christ and things like that. So when it's funny because Calvin actually himself didn't put together these five points of Calvinism, right? Yeah. (laughs) They came about actually after he died and they were actually put together by, his uh refuters mm-hmm. um uh who followed uh arminius yeah yeah so just like um the protestant reformation had the five solas to say like these five things we disagree and i mean there were tons more disagreements but those are kind of like the basic five things they disagreed with with the mm-hmm. roman catholic church there was a guy um, by the name of Jacob Arminius mm-hmm. who saw like Calvin's teaching growing and said and and said that these are the five things that we disagree with in Calvin's teaching mm-hmm. of Scripture. Um, and so, gosh, what are the five points offhand? Well, it's well, easily, yeah, the, yeah, you can easily remember it from the abbreviation, which is tulip. Tulip, yeah, yeah. So that that would be total depravity. Mm-hmm. Uh, unconditional, unconditional election. election and then limited atonement irresistible grace and 
some perseverance perseverance and some say preservation of the saints yeah Yeah. there you go so um total depravity so this is the idea that man is dead in sin and that sin infects every part of your being right none is good not even one all have sinned and fallen fallen short of the glory of god right and so therefore you cannot do anything to merit or earn or work towards salvation right right because you're completely dead in your sin and a dead man cannot rise rise himself from the dead right or move (laughs) towards christ right right so so it affects it's very practical in the way that it affects gospel presentation Mm -hmm. and your understanding of salvation so um arminius said that he does not believe that um that man is completely dead in his sin. Um, I'm not sure exactly what Arminius's um, view was, whether it was like a sickness, you know, like we're, we're sick because of our sin or like most of our faculties are, are uh, damaged because of sin, but there's still, you know, that element of goodness within us. I'm not exactly sure. His mostly hinges on free will. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that, that's, that's what we'll get to. So that's total depravity. The second one was unconditional election. Mm-hmm. So um, the idea that you didn't do anything to receive your salvation. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It was not based on a condition right. or something that you did. So even if that is a prayer. So there's, yeah, basically just the idea that you can't do anything to earn your salvation. It's completely not is not dependent on you it's completely dependent on god and so again the other side of this would would say well no you do have to do something in order to be saved um and that does get into some minutiae um because like obviously we do believe that you need to believe Mm -hmm. in order to be saved right like you have to believe on Jesus, that but, he is yeah. your Lord and But Savior. the Calvinist side of that would say that God has to change your heart first before you are even able to make that choice. Exactly. Like that belief that you have actually comes out of what God has done. Right. That he has given you not, the ability. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's not because you believe that, you save, that you're saved. It's God saves you, therefore mm-hmm. you can believe. Yeah. So Sort of like, what is it? Yeah, regeneration precedes faith, or precedes faith. Yeah, yeah. So regeneration would just mean like being alive again, Yeah, (laughs) right? You're dead. (laughs) So God makes you alive first, and then you're able to believe on him. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, again, we could, we could do like entire episodes on each one of these things. And and we have talked about, (laughs) we've talked about limited atonement, which is the next, the next one in Tulip limited atonement. And so, yeah, we've, we've go listen to that episode. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. And, and there, you know, the other side to that would say, no, it's not limited to only God's like who God has chosen is actually unlimited. So therefore we can preach the gospel to everyone and present, you know, the, um, that God, that Jesus died for you to absolutely everyone. Um, the problem with where, that is that the uh, the logical outworkings of that would mean that Jesus Jesus's blood covered everyone, and therefore everyone is going to heaven. Yeah, or if there is or no it was ineffective. Right, either one. Yeah, <laughs> which if there is no limitation 
then either everyone is completely covered and everyone's going to heaven or Jesus's blood wasn't sufficient for some people. Right. Right. Which, yeah, both of those are, are big problems. Yes. So, so therefore we say limited atonement. Um, irresistible grace is the next one. Mm-hmm. And that simply means that God is if, able to save anyone he wants. Right. If you are an elect, you are an elect. Yeah. You cannot be an unelect if you are elect. <laughs> right. And again, there's minutia in this as well, because certainly we don't think that God, like, that you're going to be saved against your will, right? Because God changes your will first. Exactly. Exactly. So it's not like God is going to bring anyone into heaven <laughs> kicking and screaming. Right. No. Like, if he if he does regenerate you, you will love him. Like, that's... And, and it's a natural outworking of that. Again, it's not like this idea that we're robots, and so therefore he reprograms us, and now, oh yeah, everything's great. Like, no, we do actually have a part to play in that. Mm-hmm. And it is, like, actual, real emotions and affections that are changed towards God. Right. Um, so, anyways... Again, we could do an entire episode. <laughs> Irresistible grace and then perseverance or preservation preservation of the saints. And that's um, that's just the idea that if you are saved, um, then if you, if you have salvation in Christ, you will persevere to the end. Right. Um, you won't lose your salvation. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, th- yeah, there are plenty of other denominations that say that you can lose your, your salvation. You know, you can be saved and then turn back on it and then later become saved again and, you know, never really having that assurance of salvation, um, which we would deny. Which would also mean that Christ's blood wasn't sufficient. In a certain sense. Well, yeah, right, right. It, it, yeah, God took the first step and then we have to continually stay within it. And yeah, it's, it gets, it gets weird. Mm -hmm. It gets weird. But so that's that's kind of an overview yeah. of when we say you have to be Calvinistic to be reformed. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's that's a basic overview of yeah. kind of the big ideas of Calvinism. Or, and the reason they're called the doctrines of grace is because every single point is because of God's grace. Yeah. So like we we're totally depraved. We can only be saved because of God's grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me, unconditional election. Like it is by God's power that we are saved. It is nothing that we do. Like it's his grace. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and then limited atonement, obviously he is the one who saves who he wants to save. And that is also grace because we're all totally depraved and we all deserve hell. So mm. the fact that he even chooses anyone to be saved is a huge act of grace. Um, and then irresistible, irresistible grace, mm-hmm. Hey-o. <laughs> kind of self-explanatory right <laughs> and then perseverance or preservation of the saints. Like God has grace upon you and will preserve you or persevere or make you persevere. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Good stuff. And um, actually, it, it you know, we're talking about total depravity. It reminded me about what our pastor preached on this past Sunday, too, 
Um, when we say that we are totally depraved, um, I do just want to make the distinction that that is our place before salvation, that we're dead in our sin. Right. And so like, um, and, and also it, total depravity means that every part of us is sinful right. as well. So it's kind of twofold there. Um, but that does not mean that now in Christ, you're still, you know, a, a, a wretch. Like, yes, we are sinners, certainly, and we have to, we have to take our sin seriously. Right. Um, but in Christ, we are no longer, like, we have victory over right. sin. We in are. In Christ. We have his righteousness. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we're being conformed into his image. Right. And so we no longer have to view ourselves as, like, these horrible worms before God, it should actually lead us more into a, a state of praise for God because we realize right. who we were mm-hmm. and who we are now in Christ and what God has done to get us there. Yes. Um, so, so that theology brings us to doxology. Yeah. Hey, I love that. That's <laughs> great. Um, yeah, no, it, it just, it just reminded me of this past Sunday because he made some good points about, um, just the way that we view ourselves as well. Um, not in the sense of just like, you know, have good self-esteem, but in the sense of like, yes, it's true. We are, we're, you know, sinful. Um, but now that we're in Christ, we no longer have to, to carry the burden of condemnation. Right. Um, yeah. One of the distinctions that he made, which is, which is really good is that Satan brings condemnation. God brings conviction. Mm-hmm of sin and redemption um, yes right right again that was with the backdrop of yeah. redemption yeah. this whole message was about redemption yeah. <laughs> um but yeah with that backdrop in mind like yes god can he can point out your sin the holy spirit convicts you of that right. sin but he does that to convict bring you back to himself repentance yeah. to bring yeah. about repentance whereas Satan or the enemy or our flesh will, in particular Satan, mm-hmm. because he's called the accuser, mm-hmm. will bring up our sin to condemn us, right. which is not good, obviously, because it's from Satan. <laughs> um, so we don't, we no longer stand condemned. So when we say total depravity, we don't mean Christians now, mm-hmm. you know, living in Christ are still totally depraved. Right. Um, but that's what, we, what we've been saved from. Okay. So the first C yes. is Calvinistic. Yes. What's the second C? Second C is confessional. Mm, okay. Confessional. And so this is something that. Um, what do you you mean like going into a box and confessing yes. to a priest? That's yeah, what, I mean listening to Chris Caraba on his acoustic guitar <laughs> dashboard oh confessional. <laughs> uh, sorry, bad jokes all around <laughs> today. Um, yeah, Calvinistic confessional. So there, well, what do you mean by confessional? Because some people might be confused by that word. Right. And this was something that I had to learn about too, especially, like I said, from my uh, standpoint, it was like, oh yeah, I'm Calvinist. That means that I'm reformed, right? 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 No. Um, <laughs> not not quite. Again, depend- everyone has their own definition of reformed. So this is, this is the working definition that I um, have come to understand is these three C's. So confessionalism uh, what what is it what does it mean to be confessional it means to hold to a confession in particular with reformed theology theology uh, or to call yourself reformed um, it's to hold to one of the historic reformed confessions mm-hmm. of the faith 
So what a confession is, um, is basically, it's sort of like a catechism. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically a list of kind of questions and answers or statements that are made that sum up the main doctrines of the faith and give Mm -hmm. scripture references as to why you believe that. So would a creed be a confession? Yes. Yes. So like the Nicene Creed. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, um, to be confessional is is to hold to a confession. Again, um, there are certain reformed confessions. So, if you want to be called reformed, you need to hold to a reformed confession. <laughs> um, the one that we have gone through together was the London Baptist Confession of sixteen eighty nine. Yep. Um, and when we went through it, I did not find anything that I disagreed with. Um, I do think there are a few points at which um, it can be interpreted differently. And depending on my interpretation and what someone else might interpret it to mean, um, I think we can, we can still have differences Mm -hmm. while holding to a confession. Yeah. Um, So I, I think there are pros and cons to confessions. Um, And and this was actually this idea of confessionalism um, is actually what brought about this entire topic, honestly, I, I listened to. Are there cons with the confessions or cons with how people might treat those confessions? Yes, that's what I mean. Okay. The, yeah, number two, <laughs> number two is what I mean, is because, and and you'll, I think this is actually kind of one of the main pushbacks that that people get about confessionalism is like, why hold to a confession? Why not just hold to the Bible? Um. And often people who are confessional will quote the confession almost as if it were scripture. Mm -hmm. And I know they deny, they deny that, you know, I I know that everyone who holds the confession would not say that it's scripture, but often it's cited in such a way that there can be no discussion. So long as you have cited your confession like this is the absolute truth and if you if you deny this then then you're wrong you're going against the bible a confession is an interpretation of scripture right um so it is not infallible r- exactly so you can have disagreements with confessions mm-hmm. that's okay you can even hold to a confession and still disagree with a point that mm-hmm. it makes um, but generally, so, so that's the con of a confession is how people often use them. Okay. Um, I, I'd say that's one of the main cons and, and kind of just that I wouldn't understanding say that it's of how a to con use it. of confessions. It's a, it's a con of how people use certain people use the confession. Right. Right. And once they've kind of signed off on a confession, often they'll no longer even think about that topic. It's just it's settled law, you know? Um, so, but some of the pros of using a confession against, instead of just saying, Oh, well, I I have the Bible, you know, like why not just read the Bible? Um, well, first of all, there are many different interpretations of how you see things in scripture. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) I mean, that's why there are different denominations. Um, what a confession does is that it is able you are able to take a look at a lot of the main topics of scripture and see where you stand against those topics. Mm -hmm. So 
So, and actually, again, I, I was listening to another podcast that talked about this and they, they put it in such a good way um, that I was kind of like, man, I have never thought about it from that angle before. But they were talking about how um, a confession allows you to have like on paper some of the main things that you believe, because if it's just in your head, like often you won't be able uh, you can easily change your mind on things, okay? Right? We're mm-hmm. humans. We change our mind. And that's okay. I'm not saying that that's wrong. But um, often you can come to Scripture and interpret different passages of Scripture not realizing that it is completely contradictory to a vital point of truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so what a confession allows you to do is to have these truths and to evaluate these truths and wh- what you believe, and and honestly, to take a look at what Christians have believed for right. hundreds of years. Yeah, because history matters. Yeah. The, and the, the men that put these confessions together were men who literally spent, like, their livelihoods were studying the scriptures. Yeah, yeah. Like, we don't have many men like that today. Right. Like, that was these... The, these men's livelihood. I don't know how I how I'm even saying that. I feel like I'm getting tongue twisted. That's what these men did. Yeah, with their entire life mm-hmm. was study the scriptures, and they came together and put together these confessions. Mm-hmm. So it's like hundreds of years of orthodox Christian theology. Yeah, and history. Mm-hmm. And honestly, to write it off is pretty arrogant. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So you have to be, it takes a certain amount of humility to say that, you know, someone else might know better than I, especially these these people who have taken a look at all of scripture. Uh, Again, that said, it's not bad to disagree with certain points in a confession. That's okay so long as you have scripture to back up your points. Right. Uh, I think another thing that confessions do that are really helpful is just it allows you to think about these things. Because mm-hmm. I wouldn't, you know, have thought about um, some of the issues in a confession if I hadn't, like, actually read about them and, right. and, and kind of thought, like, okay, yeah, that does make sense. Or, no, actually, I disagree with it at this point. Um, but it gets you kind of thinking about these things. So... Anyway, so confessionalism is to hold to a confession mm-hmm. um, and to actually, I mean, it's basically saying like you've actually thought about your faith, right? Mm-hmm. You have some sort of kind of systematic way of piecing together the Bible in such a way that it is not contradictory to itself, but that right. it makes these points that God has has set these, these different points and it mm-hmm. all fits together in these specific ways. Um, so confessions are are helpful, and again, to be reformed, um, you do need to be confess. You need to subscribe to a confession. Mm-hmm. Again, it's really helpful because also it shows what you believe, and you can share it with people to go through kind of right. the doctrines that you believe. One of the our in full disclosure, our church is not confessional. Right. Okay, we have a statement of belief, um, which as I'm looking more into confessionalism, I'm kind of like, oh man. Like, I really wish we had some of these things in there, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Now, the Evangelical Free Church is a much broader 
type of church. So they would have much fewer points if they were to build a confession, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it helps because then you could go to it and see like, these are the things that we believe. And um, kind of at a glance or quickly, you can go through and always refer back to these things as right. kind of like the foundations in which the pastors are going to be preaching, mm -hmm. that you're going to be receiving teaching, that people are going to say whether or not um, it's acceptable to kind of share, um, yeah. you know, other forms of teaching within the church. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it helps in pastoring the church and leading the church as well. Yeah. To unite holding. the leaders within the church. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because otherwise you can end up with a church that you have leaders who disagree on huge doctrines of the faith. Yeah. Only reason I bring that up is because that's a church that I had come from yep. is where the elders disagreed on, on some major doctrine. Um, so you see the downside of not being confessional mm -hmm. as well. So Calvinistic, confessional, the third one is covenantal, mm -hmm. okay? And this one, um, I honestly have not looked as much into it, so we can just take a, a glance at it. But what it means to be covenantal, simply in its basic form, is seeing the covenants that God makes with his people mm -hmm. throughout scripture and seeing that and ascending, no, having kind of like an ascent to the fact that God has always dealt with humanity in covenants. Um, this is primarily contrasted with dispensationalism. Right. Right. And that's something that you've Which there are taken seven dispensations within dispensationalism. Wow. Okay. So you've looked into this more than I have. So <laughs> go for it. Dispensationalism. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to okay. go into like the whole thing. I mean, I, we can put... Uh, Charts. <laughs> well, no, not charts. But we, There's we, tons of charts. <laughs> <laughs> we can put uh, resources in the episode. But um, so there are uh, seven dispensations, is what they call it, within dispensationalism. So basically like how God dealt with his people throughout. History. Yes, basically. Yeah, yeah throughout the throughout scripture, mm -hmm. throughout the Bible. Um, and covenant theology, within covenant theology, there is two main covenants. So there's mm -hmm. the covenant of works and the covenant of grace. Mm -hmm. Did you want me to go further? Or did you, or did you have more on that? Um, no, I've got kind of like a very basic thought, like the foundation, at least the way that I see it, the difference between dispensationalism and covenant theology at its most basic point, um, to me, and again, I could be totally wrong on this, is that dispensationalism um, posits the idea that God deals with different people differently, mm -hmm. right? So throughout time, um, there was one way to be saved, for the Israelites to be saved, there's another way for the church to be saved, there's, another, you know, th things like that. Whereas covenant theology sees that everyone is saved in the same way, for the same reasons, um, God reveals himself more fully throughout time, mm -hmm. right? So, so obviously, Abraham didn't know as much about God. Now, he saw him face to face. So, I mean, the, well, not face to face, but, you know, he saw him. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, certainly, Abraham knew about God. 
but Abraham was looking forward to Christ and so obviously didn't know all that Christ was going to do, but mm-hmm. his faith was in, was still in Christ. So we were still saved. He was still right. saved through Christ. Um, and so that salvation has always been through Christ. Mm-hmm. It's always, uh, um, yeah, that's, that's how it's always been. So that's kind right. of the main thing, the way that I see it. Again, mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't looked into it deeply enough, so I could be totally mischaracterizing dispensationalism. But my understanding is that um, it God just deals with different people in different ways in dispensational theology because I know they have a big uh, a big focus on the Jewish people nowadays because they were the God's Israelites, people. yeah. Yeah. Um. So um, that's kind of my main. Yeah. Well, and the covenant of works. So that would have been. In the garden. Right. Uh, Adam and Eve, they were, God told them that they had to do something, mm-hmm. right? He when, when he created them, he said, do this, don't do this. Right. <laughs> Basically. Yep. <laughs> like, be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth, you know, work in it, um, and don't eat of this tree. That's basically what he told them. Mm-hmm. So in order to in order to uh please God they had to do things. So they had to work, covenant of works. Yeah. After the fall we see God um covering them with well this is the first picture of Christ, right? Like he, he had to kill an animal in order to provide them with a covering, mm-hmm. right? There had to be bloodshed in order for their nakedness to be covered, their sin to be covered, which then starts the covenant of grace. Like that, that was when Christ sort of first comes on the scene, you know, like the mm-hmm. first like foretelling, if you will. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So, um, in summary, kind of the what it means to be reformed, and when we say reformed, when we talk about it on this podcast and the things that we believe, these these are just the things that it entails. Um, is to be Calvinistic, you know, doctrines of grace. Um, to be confessional, so to hold to uh, one of the historic reformed confessions, mm-hmm. and then to be covenantal. Um, to see God's work throughout these covenants mm-hmm. in Scripture, um, and again, I consider myself little R reformed. So um, I I know plenty of people do not consider me to be reformed, and that's okay. Um, don't. Well, never mind. I'm. I don't mean to be arrogant. <laughs> I just I just don't really care. Uh, it's not. It's not. I don't necessarily have to have that stamp. Um, what I'm more concerned with is seeking what God has said in his word. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts about what it means to be reformed? No. All right. Well, mm-hmm. if any of you guys have any thoughts on that, just if you want to let me know how totally wrong that I am, you can do that by reaching out to us. Um, we have a Facebook page for So Talk To Me. Uh, you can email us at so talk to me podcast at gmail.com or you can tweet at us on Twitter. Our handle is at so underscore talk to me. 
Cool. Yeah, man. We just reformed it. Reformed our episode 70, no, 57, not 70. Uh, <laughs> do you have any recommendations before we take off? Um, All of my recos are going to be in the, the description, the resources. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of uh, podcast episodes that you can go listen to to find out more about everything that we just said. Okay. So, well, like specifically when we mentioned Federal Vision, like we can post some episodes from other podcasts from that and uh, on dispensationalism as well. Okay. And on covenant theology. Yeah. All right. So there'll be a bunch of resources if you want to go deeper on some of the stuff that we've mentioned here on the episode. Uh, again, this is not meant to be a comprehensive <laughs> um, the, the presentation of what it means to be reformed. Just, just kind of a, an overview. We may, in the future, if we dis- if we so decide, um, go point by point on each of these things and talk about them a little deeper and what they mean and and kind of the nuances behind them as well. Because often a lot of these points are are mischaracterized um, by those who would disagree, um, and so. Anyways, I think they're 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 a little they're a little more nuanced than you might believe. <laughs> uh, but do you have any other recommendations for any one anything you've been into lately? No, no. Okay. Um, the only thing that I would recommend, and I posted this on my personal Facebook page, it's my favorite band, Coheed and Cambria. They just put out a new record, and I like it. I've been listening to it. It's not quite as heavy or as like prog rock as i as i prefer from them but i do like what it is um they've they've written some darn good songs um so check that out there are a couple songs on there with some harsh language so be forewarned there 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 are a few f-bombs so if you don't like that uh sorry there are only a couple songs if you check on you know whatever music listener program you're using like spotify has the explicit tags on the ones that are explicit but anyways that's all that's all i've got do you have any final remarks before we take off nope all right well this has been our 57th episode 57 so um now that you've listened to us Go talk to your spouse or to a friend or someone else. Have a good conversation. Go invite someone to chill for a while and (laughs) throw out some topics. See what you get. Yeah. See what you think. Talk about limited atonement. Do it. See what happens. (laughs) Be like, so what do you think? Do you think grace is irresistible? All right, bye. (laughs) Goodbye. I apologize in advance because I might be burping a lot because of the ginger ale. Uh Uh-oh, that's going to be weird. (laughs) I will try my best to do it very quietly off the mic. So you're saying I'm going to have a lot of editing to do, basically. Maybe. We'll see. At least it's not coming out the other end. That 
That's but true. who knows? That might happen too. This is going after the end. Of the <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't care. Everyone farts. Okay. Everyone does it. Not a big deal. You've just solidified it. It's definitely going to end. <laughs>